Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Did you know that the Bible says that we can become an adult? We know the time and the point when it happens and that there are childish things that we need to do away with. Did you know that? In 1 Corinthians 13 verse 11, Paul says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I felt as a child, I thought as a child. Now that I have become a man, I have put away childish things. We want to spend five weeks looking at this. We want to help you to become a grown-up. You might say to me, well, why do I need to become a grown-up? I want to remain a kid. I want all the joy and innocence of being a child. But the reality is our biology and our society and everything around us means that we need to develop. If somebody remains as a child physically, emotionally, spiritually, they are disabled. They are at a disadvantage and we want to help people grow up. And the great news is that God wants us to grow up. He's given us verses in the Bible that talk about becoming an adult, putting away childish things, and He has given us guidance about what those childish things are so we can move forward. There is great security when you grow up emotionally and spiritually. Now, physically, you can't really have any influence over how fast you grow up. That, that's kind of programmed into our, into our biology. But emotionally and spiritually, we can have some involvement. Have you ever thought of yourself as being still a little child in certain areas of your life? You might say to me, well, how do I know, Greg? Well, one of the ways is when we're interacting with other people, sometimes we click back into a way of thinking, a way of acting, a way of feeling, or a way of speaking that was how we acted when we were maybe five or 10 or 13 or 15. We, we click back into an old way of thinking. Often it's where we suddenly feel like a child and the other person is our parent and they must tell us what to do, or they must chide us and rebuke us, or they must look after us and carry us and pick up all our needs. Do you ever find yourself like that? And sometimes there are complications in relationships where we act sometimes as the parent to the other person, sometimes as a child, and it becomes very complicated, almost like a game we're playing where we don't say out in words what our roles are, but maybe we know in this relationship, you're the parent, I'm the child, or when this happens in our relationship, then I'm the parent, you're the child. And I want to say that I believe God wants us to be grown-ups in our relationships. What does that mean? Well, that basically means that I am secure as a grown-up, that I feel I am secure. I don't need somebody else to look after me, to tell me what to do, uh, to guide me. I am secure and happy and nobody else needs to be my um, kind of source of direction and joy. But also, I'm able to contribute and I'm able to respect the other person or the other people as adults, respect their ability to make their own choices. I make my own choices. And then we make relationships out of two secure, happy, strong people choosing to do something together, to be together, to maybe be married to one another, whatever it is. And it's two grown-ups coming together and respecting each other 
as equals and as adults. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great if our relationships could be based on mutual respect and security instead of weird games where we dance around each other and sometimes I pretend I'm the child, sometimes I pretend you're the child. And God has given us the tools to make this happen. So in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, Paul says, When I was a child, yes, it's important to be children. It's part of our development process. Physically, emotionally, and spiritually, it is important to go through a childhood. Can I just make one point here before I go on? And you may be thinking of the verses where Jesus said, Unless someone receives the kingdom of God as a little child, he can by no means enter it. Uh, there, there's another verse which says something similar. It says, do not be children in understanding, however in malice be babes or children, but in understanding be mature. And so there is this, this aspect that we need to be aware of, and that is that we are supposed to be childlike. Please hear my words here. I'm choosing them carefully. We are supposed to be childlike, which means in malice, in uh, innocence, in, in kind of deceitful trickery, we are children. We are trusting and innocent and pure as children, but we are not childish. He says, in malice uh, be babes, so, uh, but in understanding be mature. We are childish. We are not childish, but we are childlike. And we're going to look at this. There are several, several aspects that we can look at. But today, I want to deal with the first one. And it comes from the context of this verse that I've just read in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. So he says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I felt as a child. I thought as a child. Now that I have become a man, I have put away childish things. I'm going to look at this chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, in a moment. But let me just quickly dig into this verse a little bit more. First of all, he says, I felt and uh, I spoke, I felt and I thought as a child. Have you ever thought about the fact that children speak first, uh, then they feel and then they think? Whereas adults think, then it affects how they feel and then they speak after they've engaged their mind and their emotions. You know, if you think first, you get a basis of truth, a foundation of truth, and you're comfortable and confident in it, then it affects your feelings. Your feelings are guided by what's true rather than just up and down all over the place. And then you speak. If you do that, you are a powerful and mature person. And I just want to challenge us. He says, when I was a child, I spoke first, I felt later, and then I thought and sometimes as children, our thoughts are determined by our feelings or even by what we say. And it should be the other way around. So that's the first point out of this verse. The second point is he says, now that I have become a man, you know, there is supposed to be a time where I can look back and I could say that was the point that I changed from being a child to an adult. And I'm not talking about physical characteristics of our bodies. I'm talking about emotionally to be secure, to be independent, and to be a contributor and somebody who can love and help and respect other people. There should be a time when I have become an adult. In our modern society, we don't have many rites of passage. You know, in uh, Hebrew culture, they have what's called a bar mitzvah. When a, a young boy is 13 years old, 
he transitions and his father blesses him. Funnily enough, the the blessing that he says is basically, thank the Lord that I'm no longer responsible for you. But um, the blessing that can be given is something that's supposed to launch a child into adulthood. And I believe the blessing should be something like what God the Father said to Jesus when he was baptized in the Jordan River. God said, this is my son, my beloved son. I love him. With him, I am well pleased. And what he was saying is you are accepted. You are loved. I'm releasing and blessing you. And you can do what you need to do. You have everything you need to be a successful adult. Could you imagine... How wonderful it would be if we as parents could bless our children and say, I love you. I accept you. You're amazing. You're gifted and you have everything you need. You are now an adult. You can do it. You can do it. You're not a little child anymore. You're not a naughty brat. You're not an annoyance. You have everything you need to be a success in the world. I bless you. That would release us and launch us into life. Now, you might say, I never had that. I've never had my parents do that or even express that kind of emotion to me. And I want to say to you that the the job of the parent is merely to represent God the Father. Just as God the Father spoke to Jesus when he got baptized and said, this is my beloved son. I'm so pleased with him. And the Holy Spirit came and empowered him. God wants to do that with you. And it can be something that even happens later in life where you come to the point where you say, God, thank you that I am transitioning from being a dependent, needy, insecure child to being someone who is comfortable in their own skin and who has what it takes to do what God has called me to do. And I encourage you to go to the Father and just say, Lord, I'm so uh, sad that my parents weren't able to do it. Maybe they've died for whatever reason. They weren't able to do it. Father, please would you tell me what you think of me and give me a blessing so that I can transition, so that I can become an adult. And then he says, I put away childish things. So even though we have had that transition, there is something that we need to do where we need to say, these are the childish things that I had and that I spoke, that I felt, that I thought as he says in this verse, and I'm putting them away. I'm deciding to put them away and I'm putting on the grown-up things, remaining childlike in malice and in purity and in trust and humility, but putting on grown-up things. Wouldn't that be wonderful? We would be a group of people, a society that is secure, that has a vision and a purpose for our lives, but also that respects other people as equals, as other adults. Not as less than or more than, but just all the same. You know, Jesus said, you're not supposed to call anyone father or teacher or elevate anyone above anyone else because you are all brethren, he said. And I wish we could get to that place where we are adults relating to one another instead of putting each other down or pretending others are greater than they are. We are adults secure who respect and trust and love one another. So. The context of this verse where he says, when I became a man and and I I put away childish things is the chapter on love. And it's also a chapter about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, tongues and prophecy and all these different gifts. And he starts off in 
1 Corinthians 13, in the first three verses, he says, If I use the gifts of the Spirit, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, um, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have faith that can move mountains, if I give so much to the poor, but if I have not love, I am nothing, I have nothing, I gain nothing. So love is the context um, of these things. And what he's basically saying is when you're using your spiritual gifts, when you're in ministry and you're prophesying or you're praying for healing or you're doing great things, love has to be the context. In other words, if I don't have love, I am a childish minister. But if I'm doing it out of love, respect, care for the other person and out of a motive to try and help and bless them and obey God rather than to try and make myself special or great, then I've moved from childish to mature. Then he goes on to describe what love is. And I'm going to read this. And, and this is a picture of maturity because he says, I put away childish things and I've become a man. So he's now talking about what an adult looks like. And the summary word for all of this is selflessness instead of selfishness. Children by nature, it's not their fault. They are naturally selfish. They want their needs met, but adults bless others. So he says, love is patient and kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. In other words, it's not putting itself forward as the main thing. How are you doing with this? Now, I'm not saying this to accuse you or to make you feel guilty. I'm using this a little bit like an x-ray machine where we x-ray a part of our body and the x-ray says, yes, there is a fracture. And then God says, look, I've given you this wonderful set of scriptures so that you see the need. And then God says, and I can help you transition from childish to grown up. So love is patient, kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, isn't proud. It's not looking after itself. It says it does not dishonor others or is not rude. It's, it's not putting other people down. Um, it's not self-seeking. And there's the key, the key phrase. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects the other person. So if there's um, a dispute about a friend of yours and two people are talking about your friend and they're saying, have you heard what Susie did? You say, no, no, let's not talk about her. She's not here. It protects people. It always trusts. You say, no, no, let's think the best. Let's think the best. It says it always hopes. Let's believe the best. And she says that didn't happen. So let's trust her and let's respect her and let's not treat her as less than. And then it always perseveres. It keeps trying for the best. That is grown up love, agape love, if you like. You know, in Greek language, there are several words for love. We in English have one word. I love ice cream, I love my dog, I love my wife, I love my job. We say the same word for all those different things. But in Greek, there are actually four, and only three of them are really used in the Bible. And the three used in the Bible are phileo, which is brotherly friendship love. That's what little children have. Everybody is their buddy with their, with their schoolmates. It's a phileo love. Then the next one is eros, which is romantic love, which is what teenagers have where they think they love someone just because they are sexually attracted to them. But then the third one is agape, which is God's kind of love. It's a self-sacrificing love. It's a love that is secure, but then blesses others and, and tries to help others. 
And the Bible says that we love because God first loved us. The Bible says this is how we know what love is, because Jesus laid down his life for us and we should lay down our lives for others. This is agape love. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad or poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Um, And so this love, this agape is a God kind of love. I don't know if you'll agree with me, but I think our culture puts all three of those loves in the same category. And so they say, if you feel sexually attracted to someone, then you love them. That's actually not true. The Bible says, if you have friendship or, or, or brotherly affection for someone, you love them. That's not really true. It is love, but it's a different kind of love. But God's kind of love, this word agape that appears so many times in the Bible, and that actually wasn't used in Greek language very much until Jesus and the Bible writers came along. They took a word agape and they made it a new thing because God's love was now being revealed. Jesus said, this is love, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus showed this agape love, this love that is secure as a grown-up, but treats others as grown-ups and respects and loves them and tries to do what's good for them. This kind of love is grown-up love. And then the last little passage in this chapter says that there's going to be heaven where the gifts of the Spirit are no longer needed. When we're in heaven, it says we will know fully just as we are fully known. That's talking about knowing God just as He knows us. It says we will see face to face with God in heaven. But now we see as in a mirror dimly. When we look in God's Word, we see an image of God and it's as in a mirror because God's Spirit is in us, but it's it's dim. It says we know in part, we prophesy in part. Words of knowledge and prophecy are partial and dim and prone to fail. Where there are prophecies, they will fail, it says. But when perfection comes, then all of these other things will pass away. And in that context of saying we're waiting for heaven and perfection, he says, and while we are here now, we're not just going to stay imperfect little babies. We're going to move to a halfway stage between imperfection, childishness, and heaven. The halfway stage is adulthood. When I was a child, I spoke and I felt and I thought like a child. But now that I've become a man, I have put away childish things. I put away the love that is selfish, phileo and eros. We still have those kind of loves, but they are trumped by this agape love. And we are patient, we're kind, we, we bless and we help the other person. We trust and we protect the other person. Now, a big question that I get asked is, parents say to me, I've got a little child and I want to love them. And I want to show them this kind of agape love where I trust them and I hope the best for them. And I am just wanting to help them so much, but they are naughty. How do I show them love where I'm not easily angered, where I'm not keeping a record of wrongs, where I'm not rude or dishonoring or shouting? How do I love them but get them to change their behavior? And I want to just close with this today. You know, there's an amazing passage in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 onwards, which talks about the the three aspects of God's way of disciplining children where we still show love but we also achieve discipline. 
You know, the devil's way. Let me just quickly compare the devil's way of controlling you versus God's way of helping you. The devil's way of control is this. He says, as long as you're doing what I want, I will say you're great. I will value you. I will give you compliments. I will give you things. But as soon as you don't do what I want, I will call you names. I will accuse you. I will pull you down and I will punish and hurt you and intimidate you. That's the devil's way. And unfortunately, many parents, even Christian parents, try to do things God's way. We try to love, we try to honor, trust, protect and bless and love our children. But as soon as they're naughty, we get into a power struggle. And if we're losing that power struggle, imagine your little six year old child won't or maybe maybe six is too old. Let's say three year old child won't eat their eat their food. And you try to coax them, you try to play games with them, you try to make them eat their food. But eventually, if they won't, we often resort to the devil's way of control, where we say, if you don't do this, I will withdraw my love. Or I will shout at you and make you scared. Or I will push you and force you to do this. And what we're doing is we're saying, I'm God's representative. But as soon as you get to a point of not obeying me anymore, I will turn and I will become the devil's representative. And I will use control and intimidation and fear and love goes out the window. And I want to say to you, there is a way of loving and blessing, but also disciplining. And it's in Proverbs 6 verse 20. It says, my son, observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching is a light. So the first two aspects are command and teaching. And it says we give a command. In other words, we say, I want you to do this. Then the teaching aspect is the second. It says, this is why I want you to do this. Because if you just give a command and just expect them to obey, they will obey while you force them. But as soon as you're not in the room, they don't understand why they're obeying. So we've got to teach them. Command and teach. Ex explain as well as tell them what to do. But then the third aspect in this verse 23, it says, The command is a lamp and the teaching is a light and reproofs for discipline are a way of life to keep you from the evil woman and from various bad things. And this is the third aspect is we show love, we give a command, we give a teaching, we show love, but we give them a choice. This is the third aspect of being able to discipline. So I'll give you an example. Your little child won't eat their food. You say to them, my dear, in this restaurant of our home today, you have two choices. You can eat your broccoli and you can uh, play on your device for an hour after after supper that's choice one choice two on the menu is you don't eat your broccoli and you don't play on your device but i love you either way i'm not resorting to control anger coercion intimidation shouting uh, disappointment withdrawing my love i love you and if the child says i don't want my broccoli you say you understand there's no device they say yes you say that's fine and you love them to bits and you have no raised voice. You accept them as they are. But after supper, the device is gone or the Wi-Fi is switched off and the child learns the first time 
that the consequence of their choice is going to be enforced. And you don't control or coerce and you give them a choice so that they realize that grown-ups, as I'm moving from child to grown-up, I have to exercise my own choice. I'm not going to be relying on someone else forcing me to do something for my whole life. Because if you teach a child, they must only obey when you force them. When they grow up physically, they will remain a child emotionally. And eventually they may need the state to enforce the right way of living on them by putting them in prison because they've never learned to choose for themselves the right way. So we give them an instruction, a command. We teach them and then we give them options. He says the, the teaching and the commands will guide you. They will lead you into light and help. It's a wonderful picture. But then he says, and the reproofs were disciplined discipline or a way of life to keep you from the other option, a bad option. So there's got to be a consequence. Friend, if you will try to do this, where you don't insult or withdraw love or coerce your child, but you say to them, you have a choice and there are consequences. And I love you either way, but I will enforce the consequence the first time. And you think through in advance what the consequence is. You will grow your child into an adult. They will come full circle from being childish to being mature. And you will be showing love. Father, please would you help us as believers to be grown-ups, to become adults, but also to put away childish things. Please, Lord, help us to put away this childish aspect of wanting to control others or wanting to be controlled. Help us to put away selfishness and to learn to give love. And I thank you, God, that you pour your love into our hearts. I pray for my friend right now, Lord, who's watching or listening. My brother or sister who feels they've never grown up. They've never had the blessing and become a grown up and never been able to express love. I pray right now, Lord, that you would reinforce your love for them. My friend, God says you are not a child anymore. You are a grown up. You have everything it takes to succeed. You have my blessing my help, my love is poured into your heart. You are secure and loved and you can make your own choices and you will succeed because I am with you and I will never leave you. Amen. Friends, we at Leading Lights Network are here to help you. We're just an email away and we want to help you. So please get in touch with us. Look at our website, log on and use our resources, but let us know how we can help you because God wants mature, secure, grown-ups who are childlike, but not childish. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.